Hey, hey, welcome to episode six. Hey, today I want to talk about toxic positivity. So if you've done any research or reading into mental health, you've probably come across positivity, right? And even in listening to this podcast, how to use positive thinking to get results, to get yourself to a different emotional state so that you can take different um, actions that get you the results you want. Positivity is a good tool that we use, but overused and used in the wrong situations, it becomes toxic. So what is toxic positivity? Right from Very Well Minded, which is a um, a psychological site on the internet, the definition given on there says toxic positivity is the belief that no matter how dire or difficult a situation is, people should maintain a positive mindset. So essentially, toxic positivity is when you are using a positive mindset, a positive attitude in order to mask negative emotion, in order to not deal with your emotional difficulties around or about the situation. So it's stuffing and covering up the emotions that you have. It's it's a way that you buffer against the difficulties of life. And this is when positivity really does you a disservice. Because when you do that, when you bottle emotions, if you don't let emotions flow through you, as in you feel them, they stay in your body, right? Because feeling an emotion in your body, it's, it's a physiological experience. So if you stuff it, it will make you sick. Not only will, it, will you become mentally stuck, but you can become physically sick, right? It, the stress of constantly trying to be positive in order to mask up some negative thoughts or negative emotions gets tiring, right? It messes with your immune system. You can get sick. So this is definitely not a way that you want to be using positivity. And it's very, very tempting, especially when you have a child who has special needs. And one of the reasons that is is that when you find out that your child has special needs, you go right into the caretaker role. You go on to doctor's appointments and therapist appointments and doing research, trying to right, solve a problem, trying to be there for your child, trying to be there for your, your spouse, your other kids, your job, your career. And sometimes at that point, it's like, how, do I, how can I keep going? I don't have time to sit down and to process my emotions and to delve into feeling these negative things. And I don't want to, I don't, I just don't have time. You know, I don't have time. I got to get up. I got to keep going. So let's think positively about this. Let's try to figure out how we can solve this. And then we won't even have to deal with it. Right. Cause it's just going to take too much time. That's a very, very tempting way to think about dealing with the negative emotions that come with some of the dire situations that we experience with our children when they go into surgery, right? And we're waiting in that surgery room and you're just on pins and needles hoping that the surgeon got enough rest, that the team's communicating well, that nothing goes wrong, and there's nothing you can do but sit and wait in that room till your child gets back thinking, okay, this is going to be fine, this is going to be fine, this is going to be fine, right? It can often be very helpful, or at least it may seem that way. 
and assuming that everything goes well with the surgery, then maybe it wouldn't have mattered that you used toxic, toxic positivity in that situation. But what if it didn't? And what if that becomes a habit for other things in your life? Right? Then you start to get in trouble with not actually addressing the difficult aspects of with not actually addressing the difficult aspects, the hard emotional aspects of being a parent of a child with special needs when so much is unknown and so many things shift, so many expectations are lost. The skill set to develop that will help you maintain a healthy well-being is processing your negative and uncomfortable emotions. That's the superpower you want, not one that covers it up. Now, positivity is a great thing to have when it's moving you towards a goal, a good result, a better state of well-being. That's when you can feel positivity is a force for good in your life. And only you can figure that out. You got to go inside. You got to be honest with yourself about why you're being positive, what you're being positive about. And if you are or are not trying to cover up something or avoid something uncomfortable. Another way to think about toxic positivity is a facade for your life. Now, when you have a facade for your life, you have to recognize that you don't actually live or experience your life. Using toxic positivity is stepping away from experiencing the life that you have. Not just the negative, but also the positive. If you're not willing to experience the negative uncomfortable emotions in your life, you will not have the benefit of feeling the genuine goodness. And I've done this before. I've done this in order to deal with the first years of what it was like taking my daughter to the hospital, taking her to surgeries, doing therapies at home, taking her to other therapies, thinking about how this is going to impact and change my life significantly. Let's just stay positive. Let's just do it, especially in the presence of other people, right? You don't want to be breaking down all the time. And I'm not saying there's not an appropriate place to process your emotions, but you definitely want to be aware if you're using positivity as a facade because it will rob you of your life experience, the dynamic life experience of what it means to be a human. All the things I went through is what it looks like to initiate toxic positivity for yourself when you are toxically positive. But sometimes the situation isn't that you are using toxic positivity. It's that the people around you are. What do you do in that situation when you're coming up against parents or siblings or friends who aren't necessarily holding space for you to experience the sadness or the grief that you're experiencing, but that they try to mask it over, right? And they're the ones saying, hey, you know what? It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Everything's going to turn out just the way it should. You know, you don't need to spend all of this time grieving. You know, it's going to be fine or you're just perfect for this. And sometimes those phrases, right? And you'll know are the things that you need to hear at that time. But other times, it's not, and you can feel it. You can feel that your emotions aren't being acknowledged by them. You can feel that they are trying to avoid the uncomfortableness of the situation. And here's what I want you to understand so that you don't have to feel like your emotional life 
is at the mercy of someone else, right? That that if you're feeling devastated about your child or struggling with your child or having a hard time and no one's willing to listen to you and support you in that struggle, that you don't have to uh, also develop unnecessary suffering around the people that aren't being emotionally supportive of you. You're welcome to do that if you want. And there is a point where you can feel genuinely sad about it. But if you are creating an unnecessary suffering, then here's what I want you to remember. What other people think and say is about them and not about you. And here's what I mean. When a friend comes to you and asks, how are you doing? And you answer genuinely, like, you know, we're actually really struggling. We're having this really difficult behavior with my child who has special needs and we're just not sure how to discipline and it's been really difficult and I don't know what to do. And let's say you start crying. A lot of people are uncomfortable in the presence of someone that cries and they don't know what to do. And so for them, their mind's going, okay, like I'm feeling uncomfortable. I need to fix this. I need to fix this, right? Which is exactly what you would do if you're using toxic positivity. You're trying to avoid the uncomfortable emotion. This is exactly what they are doing. They're feeling comfortable, uncomfortable, and they're trying to fix it. So their brain offers them, you know what, maybe if you just encourage them with something positive, then you won't have to feel uncomfortable because they'll stop crying, you know? And so they might, they might approach that situation when you're having a difficult time, they go, you know what? It's going to be okay. It's totally, it's all going to be fine. You don't need to worry about it. It's going to work itself out. Whereas in reality, you, you don't know that that's the case. You don't know how long it will take or if this difficult behavior will ever go away or if you'll know what to do to help influence it to go away. You just don't know those things at this point. And besides, you're just trying to process how you're feeling. They asked you how you're doing. You shared with them how you're doing. And now all of a sudden they're, hey, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You don't need to cry about it. It can be confusing. It can be hurtful is how it can feel. And the reason it feels hurtful to you is because you expect them to show up in a different way, right? If you haven't listened to episode two about expectations, go back and listen to that because that will help you dig deeper into this idea of why you would feel negatively about someone else's toxic positivity. You're welcome to obviously feel that way, but you may want to consider, and I want to offer that that's an unnecessary suffering. You may feel genuinely sad that that's not someone that you can connect with on this level. And you'll know if it's genuine, process it. If it's unnecessary, you already have other things on your plate to deal with. So I would highly recommend letting that go, letting that person be who they are, offer that toxic toxic positivity statements, and then realize this isn't someone that I can talk to about this. That's okay. There's other people in my life that I can find. If not, I've got me. But if I can't talk to them about it, it's because they don't know how to deal with their own uncomfortable and negative emotions. And I get it right? Because I've struggled with it. Expecting them to all of a sudden know how to deal with their negative emotions when I struggle with it really doesn't make much sense. So you can offer them compassion. You can offer them empathy because they're just not there yet and they don't know how to, right? And this is a benefit, a skill set that we get to learn because we're constantly exposed 
to those kinds of situations where we're required to confront uncomfortable emotions and sad emotions and genuinely, genuine grief. Those of us that have children with special needs are presented with that opportunity often, so we get the chance to practice. Many, many people don't, and they don't know how to show up and hold space for people that are in genuine pain. And that's about them and the skill set they have to love and be present for someone and not about you and whether you're someone worth supporting. Does that make sense? You want to really make sure that's a clear line where you are separating your value and your worth as a person from how the other person treats you, from the severity of your situation. Let it be severe if it is, even if another person cannot handle supporting or holding space for that severity. I would highly recommend if you have someone in your life, even if it's a spouse or a mother or a father or a sibling that is not able to maintain or hold that space for you, find someone else, find a community where there are other parents, right? And there's tons of people out there. So please don't tell yourself there's nobody out there. I'm lonely. Nobody understands what I'm going through. There are billions of people in the world, many of them that don't have children with special needs, but still are willing and able to hold space for you, to process your emotions and to understand what you're going through. And then there are people who have children just like yours. They have children with special needs, with other difficulties, and they too can hold space. So don't let your brain stop you from finding people if you need them to process your emotions. Okay, and if you decide that you don't want to go out there and you don't want to find someone else, then remember that you can be there for yourself too. That is also an option. You can choose to be there for yourself, to, to use a journal, and that might look something like, hey, you know what, it's okay. They can't hold space for me to process this difficult emotion and to listen to the severity of my situation, but it's okay. I get it. I've been there. And they, they don't need to be there for me because it's okay. I got me. I can do this. And I know that's a pull yourself up by the bootstraps mentality, but in some situations, and you'll know if you think about it, in some situations, that is the answer and it does work. But if that's not for you, there are many, many people out there that you can find. And you can also hire a therapist, hire a life coach. You have options, is what I'm saying. So keep them open. Because you need it. You need to be supported. Many of us do, and we don't seek it out enough. Get yourself supported. If you are finding that you're using toxic positivity, you're finding that it's undermining your ability to be present in your life, and you just need to learn the skill set, of feeling negative emotions, right? And I have a podcast here called How to Feel Better. It's got great tools in it that work. You can go there and you can use those as well. In order to wrap it up, just remember when you are noticing you're using toxic positivity, you want to challenge it. I want to offer to you and challenge it and that it's better on the other side of being willing to process and feel negative emotions. The other side of that is much, much better. So if you notice you're using positivity, question what it's for. Am I covering something up? If so, I need to take some time to process and feel this genuine pain and suffering and uncomfortableness. 
and uncomfortableness. And then after I've processed it, pull positivity back in and use it to move you forward in your life, to get you to the place where you can be available to do research for your child, to take care of yourself and to move yourself and your life forward to the next level that you want to be at. All right, it's totally possible. Many, many families, many women that have children with special needs have been able to do it. Therefore, it's totally an option and possible for you, right? Because we're all just normal creatures because we're all just normal humans out there trying to do our best and it's messy, right? And that's the way of it and that's okay. So keep it up. You got this. And I'll see you next week. Until then, take care. Take care.